Getting it going for a Wednesday edition of Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, as we start to turn the page from the Lions' loss on Sunday to looking forward to week four of the NFL season, which is just hours away tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Do we have a Jets game? Are the Jets playing on Thursday night football? My God, what the hell? It's uh, that, That's a little rough to uh, kick off week four of the NFL season, but uh, regardless, you get the Denver Broncos and then the Jets, the Arizona Cardinals looking to right the ship against the Carolina Panthers. It's Bo Brock, it's Alex Clancy. From the best-selling authors of the Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. A philosophy sports teams across the country are successfully adapting Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius, is now available wherever books are sold. That's Ryan Holiday Books bringing you this podcast of Locked On Cardinals. We have so much to get into. Start to look at this Carolina Panthers team. Looks like they'll be without Christian McCaffrey. So is it going to be on the arm of Teddy Bridgewater to beat the Cardinals? Also, we'll continue to talk about the injury to Buda Baker and how the Cardinals make up for the loss of 32, their Pro Bowl safety. But Alex, I want to get into this right away. DeAndre Hopkins has been the absolute truth since coming over this offseason from the Houston Texans. Continues to be highway robbery uh, of Bill O'Brien. But has the Hopkins acquisition in installing him into this offense shown that father time has finally caught up with Larry Fitzgerald. That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Bo Brock, along with Alex Clancy. So DeAndre Hopkins, 32 catches through his first three games. When we look at Larry Fitzgerald on the other side of that, he has 12 catches through the first three games, and uh, that's the fewest of his 17-year career. Do you think Fitz is finally uh, showing his age at 37? I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to say yes right away. I mean, he had a uh, a zero-impact game uh, this past Sunday against the Lions, that's for sure. Obviously, before that, he averaged 40 yards and, you know, five catches a game. I think if that's the floor, we're doing okay. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, what makes him great, even when the Cardinals were bad over the last several years, was his ability to get in the end zone from time to time. You know, regardless of how bad the offense was, Fitz always had a handful of touchdowns. Now, if Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald can score five touchdowns this year and have six or 700 yards receiving, I would take that as probably what's going to be your third option. And Larry Fitzgerald is still one of the best blocking wide receivers in the game. So when you look at just his sheer numbers, Sure, it will look like, yeah, he's definitely taken several steps back from where he was a couple seasons ago. But I don't think it's time to write off Larry Fitzgerald with his output on offense just yet. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, when you look at his targets, weeks one and two, five, seven, and then it drops down to three. I mean, you aren't going to get the consistency that we're used to seeing from number 11, but there also needs to be maybe an emphasis to try to get him the ball because we just do know that if you throw it anywhere in the vicinity of Larry Fitzgerald, he's likely going to come down with the football. We saw that, I think it was a week, uh, it was week one where he had a big fourth down catch. And it's just so nice to have a pair of receivers with hands like Fitz and DeAndre Hopkins. 
I mean, we kind of knew that the target share was going to go all in the way of number 10, that DeAndre Hopkins was going to, he's going to command the lion's share of targets. And you and I mentioned it yesterday, you know, even with the 37 targets through three games, we believe that DeAndre Hopkins could even do more in this off in this offense. But Larry Fitzgerald is just one of those guys that early in the game, I think it's important, especially coming up in Charlotte against Carolina, that they get him involved and, and just show that he can still make plays and just get that momentum going. And it's important, too, for Kyler Murray coming off a bad game where he threw three picks just to hit on some quick, quick passes, hit his receivers that are so reliable in the hands, and just get that going uh, along with the run game. But I think Larry Fitzgerald, you know, with a guy like Andy Isabella maybe pushing the envelope for more targets, it's just important right now because I, I don't think he's lost the step I think it's just a matter of getting him more involved in the game plan. And I, I agreed, agreed. Uh, I don't know if this is just a, it's just a stark reminder of how bad the receiving core for the Cardinals has been for years, Bo, years. I mean, even when they went to, and even when they went to the NFC Championship game in 2015, it wasn't a traditionally great receiving core. I mean, John Brown had a had a standout uh, had a standout year, and look at what he's done. He had a it with his short stint in Buffalo, and then you know in uh, Baltimore, and then now in Buffalo, he's proven to be a capable wide receiver who's going to play in the league for over 10 years. But besides that, JJ Nelson, Jerron Brown, you know, these are the guys alongside Larry Fitzgerald that were lining up outside, and when you finally put a top tier wide receiver on this roster it just shows that maybe we've been getting herculean numbers from larry fitzgerald just by sheer necessity and you don't need that anymore so i don't know if they're just trying to fit in with deandre hopkins and kind of erring on the side of deandre hopkins and andy isabella obviously as you mentioned i don't i think this is just something that they're gonna have to figure out and his, his targets will stay the same, and hopefully his receptions will go up as well. Fitz, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I mean, these are guys that are exceptions usually to the rule of the ugly reality of the NFL. Usually you don't just ride out, you know, on a horse into the sunset, you know, playing at at the highest level. It's, it's just too tough of a game. But you and I talked before the season, and we thought, hey, there's potential here for one final resurgence for Larry Fitzgerald. What are your thoughts now after three games into the season? Nothing's changed. I mean, I'm just ready. If we get into week five and week six, and he's having two catches for 20 yards here on out, I mean, obviously we'll revisit, but I think he's too important to this team, and he still garners respect from opposing defenses. He still has one of the best sets of hands in the game. I'm hoping that this, we're going to look back at this and be like, man, we were dumb. What a dumb thing to even bring up. But it's definitely something that needs to be talked about right now through three weeks where he hasn't really had any sort of impact um, on the offense. I just think it's too early. That's, that's all I'm saying. And through three games, I don't think it's a big enough sample size to really determine what his worth is going to be um, from the wide receiver position for the Cardinals for the rest of the season. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. If you haven't subscribed, if you're not following along, subscribe and follow the podcast Locked On Cardinals at Locked On AZ Cards on Twitter. Coming up, the most important thing for the Arizona Cardinals to slow down on Sunday when taking on the Carolina Panthers without their store running back. 
We'll get into it. We'll divulge that little insight on you. It's all coming up. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Now more than ever, it's important to show your support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities. Because they know that where you shop matters. Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay the contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. We unveiled it yesterday. There's a new contest here on this podcast here on Locked on Cardinals. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, that whenever anybody agrees with one of us, and it's usually via social media, at Bob Brack, at Clancy's Corner, at Locked on Easy Cards, with one of the, your hosts, that host gets a point. Alex, un- unbelievably, well, it's because he started this competition just because for the first time in the history of the podcast, somebody agreed with him. He's got a one-point lead. I'm going to bury this guy. Uh, anything that you hear on this podcast, let us know that you agree with. If you think we're both wrong, we also appreciate that. Uh, just hit us up on, on Twitter. That's the best way to find us, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. So the Carolina Panthers, Alex, they're one and two on the season. They took down the Chargers in week two, or week three, I should say. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got that uh, first W as the starting quarterback. Of Carolina, Matt Rule makes the jump from college to the NFL. He gets his first W. But still, not a whole lot of talent on this Carolina Panthers roster. What are you looking at early on as we start to preview this matchup as where the Cardinals need to emphasize, whether it's on the offensive or defensive side of the football? The offense needs to carry the team in this game. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious that with the injury concerns over the top in the secondary, um, the linebacking core not really gelling as much as we would like to have seen at this point aside. DeAndre Campbell's playing great. I mean, he's playing, let's say he's playing better than everybody expected him to play, at least early on. Uh, Jordan Hicks is still a tackle monster, but this has to be a bounce back game for the offense. And not maybe bounce back's the wrong word. This has to be a get on track game for the offense. I read somewhere, I, I saw a tweet that said the Cardinals have the statistically worst the worst offense statistically in all, of all the teams in the NFC West and i'm like how is that possible but when you look at it they haven't been great the run game hasn't been explosive maybe that's due to play calling or what but Kyler Murray hasn't been good comparatively speaking a lot of interceptions so if they can come in to carolina and blow the roofs off offensively they need to start humming and that's not just throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins 20 times in a game I think that is the main focal point here not only will it cover up the the injury concerns on the defense but it'll also get them on pace to hopefully run off a couple wins in a row as well it doesn't hurt that San Francisco got to play the Jets and then last week the New York Giants in back-to-back weeks respectively I mean that helps any ailing offense against those defenses and then, of course, we know you know the Rams put up a bunch of points in a loss to the Buffalo Bills. They put up a bunch of points in back-to-back weeks. 
And then Seattle played against the Cowboys, who can't stop a nosebleed either way. You know, I mean, it doesn't take away from the fact that there's some high-powered offenses in this division and that the Cardinals' offense can play better. Um, When I look at Carolina's win over the Chargers last week, it's very similar uh, to the Cardinals' loss in Week 3, where you look at the numbers and you can very well see these similar numbers from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, where Murray could throw for 330 yards, where Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins could have the same day, 13 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown, and the Cardinals could lose this game. And that comes down to the exact same reason they lost in Week 3. The Cardinals did was turnovers. Justin Herbert turned the ball over, fumbled a couple times at an interception. Regardless, Carolina was able to win the turnover battle, and, and despite you know a lackluster game otherwise, they win 21-16. This can't be another ugly game. And as you said, the offense needs to start humming in order for, to avoid this. Like You can't let the Carolina Panthers hang around like the Detroit Lions did all game and then they you know, walk it off with a game-winning field goal as time expires, like Matt Prater and the Lions did on Sunday. It's just the longer – it's a cliche in sports, and it's a cliche because it's true. The longer you let you know less talented teams stick around, the more they believe, and more often than not, they're coming out of there with a shocking upset win. This went from being a trap game to a must-have game. And they, the Cardinals feel the pressure in the locker room. You can believe that. And you're absolutely right. It's going across country. This is not a new story. Going across country against a worse team, letting them letting them hang in, as you mentioned, and getting a loss. Because, listen, you could go from heaven to hell in two weeks. After week two, this loss, I didn't say that it would happen. I picked the Cardinals to win, but I was hesitant to pick them. This one, this has got to be a win, Bo. This has got to be a win. And this is a different narrative from when the season started, but we saw enough for the Cardinals to beat teams that they're better than. And with Christian McCaffrey out for this week, they have to win this game. And it's going to come down to not only, as I mentioned before, when you asked me the offense, obviously, but if Patrick Peterson can't stay with Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore, whoever's going to be up against, two speedy receivers who are, have big play potential, this could be another Patrick Peterson exposed game, which would be a double, which could be a double whammy if the Cardinal if the Cardinals end up losing and have that as one of the main reasons why. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think, you know, to piggyback some of your comments, Alex, and I think that you're you're right. You know, I, I've got one more thing I want to say about that. I want to say it on the other side. I also want to get into one of the key matchups early on here as we start to look at the week four matchup with the Carolina Panthers. We'll do that on the other side. It's Bo, it's Alex, it's Locked on Cardinals. You know, when we start breaking down this game against another opponent that's inferior to the Cardinals talent-wise, I mean, this is just a uh, breakdown, start from the ground up, rebuild for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, this is a young group. Uh, then for the most part, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy, could he, is he a bridge quarterback to whoever they may draft in 2021 or, you know, bring in free agency to be, you know, the quarterback of the future. You know, I think it's important when the Arizona Cardinals are facing an opponent that on paper, they're better than record wise, talent wise. 
I think this is important following their loss to the Detroit Lions to figure out how are the Cardinals going to respond. And it's going to set the new tone for the season because there was a tone already set with the win over the San Francisco 49ers. There was a tone that continued to, they followed that with a win over Washington. And then it was disrupted by a bad loss to the Detroit Lions. Good teams are able to rebound because, look, losses happen, they're inevitable. Uh, except for the 72 Miami Dolphins, they're inevitable for each and every football team during this regular season, you know, and the Patriots, but they lost in the final game of the season. Alex, I, I mean, I, I got to imagine this is this is going to be the new tone. If they lose, we're talking about, a you know, an Arizona Cardinals team that, you know, at best is a 500 team. If they win, we can continue to talk about – can they trend towards being a playoff contender and continue to compete in a tough NFC West? Is it fair to say that this is like week one all over again? Yeah, absolutely. Like that loss pretty much erased week one and week two. Not necessarily all the positivity surrounding DeAndre Hopkins and and uh, you know Cliff Kingsbury looking capable, but Cliff Kingsbury didn't look as capable play calling was he even said it himself after the game against Detroit. He said he was trying to be too cute with things. Not that's not an exact quote. Um, so this is, the, this is the start to the 2020 season for the Arizona Cardinals. It's in Carolina. Once again, on the road, they're going across the country and it's going to be this time though, against a team that they look to, they're going to look at as being expected to beat them. And that's the only real difference from from obviously going to San Francisco to Levi to start the year. But this is it, and you're right. This is the beginning of what the rest of the season is going to look like. Because even if they lose, like, so say they lose to Carolina, they go to East Rutherford and they get a W, I mean, you're staring at the Dallas Cowboys and that offense on Monday night football, and you could be set yourself up for, for an embarrassment. And it really is, this is where the momentum needs to begin again toward the positive direction. You know, scrape it off, brush it off. Everybody loses, as you mentioned. But this is the start to the 2020 season for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, going into Dallas potentially at 3-2, and it just gives it a whole, like the narrative around the game is not, hey, are the Cardinals for real in 2020? It's just kind of ho-hum. Like they took care, they beat some teams. You know, they beat two teams that they sh- they should have beat, but they also lost two games that they should have won. You know, and they're not playing consistent enough to truly be a contender in this league. You know, can they keep up offensively with Dallas? Yeah, but are they realistically going to go in there for the Monday night upset? You know, th- they're gonna, certainly going to be a bunch of question marks around it. So when I start to look at this game, and you mentioned two of those receivers, uh, you know, whether it's. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who is the free agent addition from the New York Jets in the offseason, he reunites with his college coach and Matt Rule. And, and DJ Moore is a guy that has over 230 plus yards receiving. I mean, those are two bona fide threats in the pass game that I didn't think we would be talking about in this game. Um, you know, and, and then another one with, with even without Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis was he's got 16 catches out of the backfield for the Carolina Panthers, and we talk about the potential of a guy like Isaiah Simmons playing the safety position. What we've seen so far from Buda Baker and what we know about Buda Baker is his ability to kind of take down running backs in space who have made receptions, and it's going to be so key for Simmons if he gets that nod to start at safety to wrangle up a guy like Mike Davis in this pass game. 
Yeah, Mike Davis is could potentially be an issue. You're right. I mean, he had eight catches two weeks ago. I think he had seven last week. He got in the end zone. Uh there are a lot of sneaky, that person shouldn't have a huge negative effect on our defense type of players on this roster. It's not flashy, but you're right. Robbie Anderson can take the top off any defense. Mm-hmm. He, he did it with the Jets. He was a two-catch for 130 yards and two touchdowns kind of guy sometimes. And you're right. I mean, they. it's not top-tier talent, but it's nothing to raise your nose at either. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those weird – uh, they're oh, going across the country, playing in Carolina. It's it's never really comfortable, and they have enough weapons there to really cause uh, some problems for this defense. We're going to chat with Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers tomorrow and get a full breakdown in this one, but I just wanted to kind of preview it a little bit. Teddy Bridgewater, one and two so far starting, but he's passing for nearly he's, – he's at 74%, so he's he's – throwing the ball around. He's got just two touchdowns and two interceptions, 871 yards, so he's – He's thrown for a decent amount of yardage, but this is just, you know, if you get beat by Teddy Bridgewater, I, I just think, I know he, he won a bunch of games for the, the Saints last year in relief of Drew Brees, but, you know, that defense was playing at a high level. He had can't catch, can't guard Mike uh, as his top receiver. There's no Michael Thomas in this receiving core, despite some of the gaudy numbers we mentioned. I just think that this is such, you know, piggybacking last segment. It's just such an important uh, game for the Arizona Cardinals, who recently haven't had a lot of success against the Carolina Panthers franchise, but it's important for them to get back in the win column this week, especially when you're eyeing, you know, in a couple weeks, Dallas and Seattle. Let's hope that this is going to be a get-right situation. I mean, it just just on all cylinders, like it's they are. They can create whatever they want for the rest of the season, starting with Sunday. And I hope that it's going to be on the positive side of the spectrum and not the negative and staring at potentially two and three if there's a huge catastrophe and they lose to the Jets in East Rutherford the next week. I mean, all the questions, there's question marks surrounding everything if they lose on Sunday. We will be in a just a, there will be a pile of ashes of from where we were a couple weeks ago remaining. You know, if if that's the case, if if they lose to the Jets, who are just absolutely terrible, you know, what you know, everything that all the goodwill that they kind of rekindled with the win over the Niners will have been lost with uh, loss to either Carolina or the Jets. I just don't think that they would be acceptable. And then you start to look at, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know who you start pointing the finger at. It, it's still early for that, but we'll have a better idea. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. And we're starting to uh, get that momentum going again. We'll start to really break this thing down on Thursday. Alex and myself are going to be joined by Bill Rossetti of Locked on Panthers. Looking forward to more insight on this team we really don't know that much about. It's going to be coming down tomorrow on Locked on Cardinals. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. 
And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.